You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay, and in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and Clearpay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. This episode of Game Scoop is brought to you by Demon Slayer, Kimetsu no Yaiba, The Hinokami Chronicles. <laughs> okay. Is that a spoopy laugh? <laughs> <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN Game Spook. I am your host, Damon Hatfield, a.k.a. The Front Man, and joining me for this very special episode are Tina Amini. Ooh, hello, everybody. <laughs> Sam Claiborne. What's up, everybody? And Justin Creeper Davis. <laughs> Don't be alarmed, everybody. It's just me behind this mask. I'm not actually going to explode. Are we going to we- explain our, our spooktacular uh, spooktastrophe? We have big plans. <laughs> We had big plans for our costumes this year to do Squid Game, but uh, a lot, several of the costumes are held up in shipping and in customs, and they did not arrive in time. That supply chain. Bom, bom. So this yeah. is what we got. This, yeah. this are, is what we got. People who are listening to this episode, uh, fear not, I will not be wearing this mask for the whole time. <laughs> and um, Justin is a creeper from Minecraft. I'm the front man from Squid Game, mm-hmm. and then Tina and Sam have combined last year's co-op mages costume with the previous year's Goose mm-hmm. Camp Counselor. Mm-hmm. Bringing it back. Yeah. Kaboom! <laughs> and if you but, think it was easy to find these elements of the costume and put them all back <laughs> together again, it wasn't. Yeah, I don't know where my sunglasses are. I think they're still in the San Francisco yeah, new right. office somewhere in a box. Well, in a week or two, when the rest of the costumes show up, we can still do it. That's okay. a good point. We'll do the proper. That'll, we'll be, do... that'll be game two, right? Out of six games. Yes, yeah. that will be game two. We'll do it I get that Thanksgiving episode for no reason. <laughs> not quite as Why high not? stakes, though, I don't think. 
I thought uh, that was, okay. Even though our costumes are pretty pitiful this year, <laughs> we still have a great show for you this week. Uh, we're going to talk about Guardians of the Galaxy, which turns out to be pretty, pretty, pretty good video game. We talk about a new milestone the PlayStation 5 has hit, and the console it still has not outsold. But first, as promised. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's Dave that I've been wearing that the entire oh, that. time. <laughs> there we go. Hi, everybody. Hey. Uh, I'll, I'll read on the mask for video game 20 questions. Okay. Perfect. Um, but first. I'm, I'm quite comfortable. Thanks for asking. <laughs> Well, sans the beard, you would it's be. It's hot. Yeah. Dude, the it's beard hot, hurt yeah. so bad last year. Like, I don't I don't get it. It's like two My strings face. that go behind your head, and, and it's really heavy. No fun. My face is moist now. Um, yeah, that must have been a pain uh, to film that movie, let alone the in-universe excuse for just wearing masks and plastic jumpsuits all day. Seems really yeah. unpleasant. This came pretty quickly from Amazon. It was like $13, my front man mask. <laughs> yeah, you anyway. got lucky. And then we made the mistake of all getting from the same shipper, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're like, how do we ship to these three different places? <laughs> it Just being it. Halloween season, it being spooky season, it's a good time for us to revisit our recurring segment, Real Mature Video Games. Oh, yeah, this is where oh I like this we one. We see if, uh, if my friends can guess upcoming M-rated video games mm-hmm. based on um, mm-hmm. the ESRB descriptions of the content that earned them the M rating. Uh, so I've got three games. This is three upcoming games. And uh, the way I'll, 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 I'll uh, reveal these uh, details is sort of in a reverse pyramid because the description starts out very specific about mm. what the game is and then gets into sort of very general gore or Mm. sexual content that sort of stuff so we'll start with the more general stuff and gradually get more specific and we'll see who can guess these games the fastest and the winner will win the halloween cup Ooh, okay i think we should presume that they're spooky games well they're they're m-rated at least upcoming m-rated games game game number one so for this game um in this game, a female character is seen leading a man into her bedroom before the scene fades to black. Uh, Detroit Become Human. <laughs> that game's already out. Yeah, oh, the, oh, that's games. right. That's right. That's right. I think it's right. the GTA collection. Oh. It is not. The game contains oh. some suggestive material in the dialogue. For example, uh, someone says, Strange because I thought I knew all the women here, and I mean inside out. Oh, boy. Goodness. Someone says, I was paying your bits a compliment, except it doesn't say bits. There are large blood splatter effects that occur as enemies are hit. Large blood stains remain in the environment. I mean, it's goofy. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's not go. this, but Marvel's Midnight Suns is my guess so far. Mm, <laughs> bay- bayonetta 3. <laughs> uh, here we go. Players use makeshift swords, machetes, and pipes to oh. hack and slash at enemies. Damage often results in dismemberment Dying or decapitation. Light? Dying Light 2, rather? Yes. Nice. Dying Light wow. 2. <laughs> I, I can't believe it has the, the um, sexy cutscenes. I didn't realize this game would have something like that. You know, the zombies yeah. have evolved, Sam. <laughs> I mean, the dialogue makes sense because there's a lot of characters. But yeah, the, the dead giveaway was the, the makeshift sword yeah. stuff. Real yep, mature video games. <laughs> Real mature video games. Uh, this is an action adventure game in which players assume the role of a survivor in a post-apocalyptic post-apocalyptic city overrun by zombies. 
Aha. Okay, that's round one. Let's move on to round two. In this game, the F and S words appear in the dialogue. <laughs> okay. Uh, the game Call includes... Of, Call of Duty. <laughs> Call of Duty what? Uh, well, Vanguard? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Well, I mean, yes, you've sort of ruined the round. But yes. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> nice moves. Uh, read, okay, read, it, read a couple more of them. Read the next couple. Okay. The game includes customizable player cards that can be equipped as part of player's identity. Some of these cards depict marijuana-related items yeah. and <laughs> yeah. female figures designed with deep cleavage. Mm. Marijuana related? Is this what, World War II? I, yeah, I always <laughs> describe my cleavage as deep. That's <laughs> deep. Uh, a redacted mode depicts several instances of decapitation and dismemberment. Oh my god. Uh, that would be well, the zombies mode. I mean, really, once I heard the F and S words, it just it's, it's clearly a, it just Call screamed Duty. Call of Duty to me. <laughs> they had those okay. swears back then. I, that's weird that it has marijuana references. That's very confusing. Maybe that's in zombies, yeah. and it's like that's sometimes zombies, zombies all, is set in the future and stuff. It's right? the player nameplates, like those customizable, like, you know, it's always like mm. a pot leaf, and then like yeah. you get to customize like your font and all that junk. Yeah. Okay, round three, final round. Tricky round. Be warned. Uh, the game includes a side quest in which. Redacted engages in a drinking game. Characters are depicted drunk and or passed out. During the course of the game, the essential character can engage in sexual activity with prostitutes and female companions. This, so this is, is not the GTA, GTA trilogy. trilogy. It is. <laughs> it is. Not? It's he, not. Because it, he, he said it's a trick or it's tricky. Oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe so is there an upcoming Yakuza? Brief o- sequences depict female breasts and buttocks. Sexual moaning sounds can be heard, though the camera cuts away from explicit sexual acts. Mm. That is all in Red Dead. Yeah. Some cutscenes depict slow motion decapitations. My goodness. (laughs) What is up with all the decapitating? Yeah. Large blood splatter effects occur when enemies are slashed. Characters engage in melee-style combat using swords and other bladed weapons, as well as magical attacks. Slashing confirmed. Is this the is oh, this Skyrim the, uh, remaster? I don't know if there's prostitution in that game. What about is it? Mm. Could it be that? What's the vampire? The four player vampire game. Oh, that doesn't have a, that, the that's masquerade. Probably, that's probably not ESRB <laughs> rated yet. Or or um the red. red um ugh, I red. forget the name of it. Combat is highlighted by. Combat is highlighted by screams of pain and impact sounds. Players explore a war-ravaged world okay. while completing quests and killing enemy soldiers and fantastical creatures. New... Wait. Is it the... I don't know. War-ravaged this the, this world. Is, this is the is final this? hint. This is an open-world role-playing game in which players assume the role of Redacted, a monster hunter in search of a missing woman. Witcher 3? The next-gen version of oh. Witcher 3. Uh, wow. Just rated by ESRB. Yeah, that's really strange. I, I wouldn't have put all those things together. What's the slow-motion decapitation? I guess that's what, just, I, what happens at the end of when you kill an enemy, kind of. Yeah, like a finishing move, maybe. I, I guess I can remember that happening with some of the ghouls and stuff. Yeah. Also, also the vampire game is Redfall. Needed to Red confirm Fall. that Red to not Fall. feel insane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, that's 
I might play that. That is another round of real mature video games. I like and I, I have to admit, when you do just sort of lay out all that content, it does sound pretty, <laughs> it does sound pretty immature. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm playing it. Tina's playing it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I like it a lot. I love it. I'm really enjoying cool. it. And I was a little bit surprised to enjoy yeah. like when because uh, they had, didn't do a ton of promotion around it um, from mm-hmm. but from what I had seen, it felt a little bit mass effecty, which I was like, all right, you know, I'll check it out. Mm-hmm. And I like Guardians, but always a little bit hit or miss with these adaptations. Um, but they really nailed it. And it's it's not um, it is a little bit mass effecty, but it's also a little mm-hmm. bit like with a telltale kind of a twist um and maybe if i had to describe it like a little bit of a maybe even bullet hell feeling combat even though that's not the Mm. core of it obviously it just feels that way because you're shooting a bunch of stuff and just sending commands out um for Mm. people to shoot and stab and do more of that but within the guardians universe uh and they mostly do the characters justice even though there's a bit of changes both visually and personality wise with some of them yeah what are we looking at right now what is the opening opening of the game this is young star lord um, no. So, and you do is get. He on, oh, hmm? Is he on the cover of a magazine? What's the? No, he's like thirteen the, years old in his bedroom. And he's, he's listening to music from, this? from the band. Yeah, I didn't yeah. realize that. That yeah. Well, maybe this is this is just new to me that there's a there's any influence on his naming himself. That. Yeah, yeah. It's it's flashbacks into his past, and you get some of his connection with his mom, and you know she starts to divulge some some stuff about his dad and you know, who he is and what he's uh, in for out of life. So they, they, they go back and forward a little bit on it. I'm only up to chapter seven right now, but I like how the game looks. I just like, I've liked a mm-hmm. lot about it, except for, except for star Lord's hair. I don't like his hair, but the rest of the game looks good. bad. Yeah, it is a very pretty game. And you're like, you're planet hopping around and the planets just have really, really cool sci-fi design. And mm-hmm. there's all sorts of really that. cool aliens and monsters that you're encountering. And then there's uh, ship life. Ship life. Um, yeah, there's like, yeah, there's you, you, you in between missions, you're on your ship and there's lots of banter. There is a lot of banter in the a game. Lot, yeah. A lot. Yeah. I of love dialogue. that about that. Like it's, it gives me some, um, obviously like it, with Mass Effect, you had to actually walk up to your crewmates and interact with them. And then occasionally, I think by three, you might be able mm-hmm. to walk in on some ongoing conversations, but it's basically so much ongoing conversation in Guardians of the Galaxy. And as you move throughout the ship, they'll make comments about it. Um, they'll comment about the mission. They'll just have random side chatter. Uh, and there's this there's this one point where I went up on the workbench, um, and uh, uh, Rocket is like, like mad at me, and he actually comments on that as he's about to help me with because he's the one that installs everything through the workbench. So it's just very cool yeah. that they added that much detail into it. I really appreciate oh, it. It really fleshes the world out. Yeah. I think the banter is pretty well done. Um, the performances are good. I, I will say Star-Lord and Rocket's voices sound very similar. Yeah. So I don't know if you've mm-hmm. noticed this, Tina. I'm playing with subtitles and character names on, but if I yeah, were using that, I probably wouldn't yeah. know which one was talking. Um, yeah, I think Drax does a really good job, too, uh, his voice actor. Yeah. And yeah. I also feel like, um, you know, the, the movie uh, um, actor had, like, a lot of some problems. I forget exactly the new story. I meant to look it up again to refresh my memory before this episode. And then I forgot, but he had some uh, issues with Drax. I think it was just like lack of depth in his character uh, and wanted to really do more and dive into more of the comic book lore rather than, cause in the movies, he's a little, he's not one note, but he does a lot of like, Oh, isn't it goofy and aren't I silly? Cause he's, I don't really know about yeah. real life kind of personality. Mm-hmm. 
but he's amazing yeah. in the game and he's he actually like you spend a lot of time talking to him and everybody else you just in general get so much more depth out of all of these characters yeah i like gamora too uh, yeah, she, I'm struggling with her a little bit because she's oh, really? yeah, because she's like she oscillates between being a normal person uh, who has conversations and feelings, and then being that like sassy, annoyed Gamora that I know from the movies. So it's it's yeah. a it's an adjustment period. <laughs> there are some uh, nice details in in um, Star Lord's bedroom at the beginning uh, as you walk around. There's a, a magazine on on the table called Video Game Power. Cool. cool. Yeah. And they're uh, featuring games such as Double Toads, Ninja Combo <laughs> 3, uh, Speedbots, and Baseball Blob. <laughs> <laughs> he gets and a then, Pac-Man cake for his birthday. Whoa. In a flashback. Oh, yeah. That's the thing. And I, you may have also seen there's a feature on IGN. There's a, uh, a Chewy, a Chewbacca action figure that's prominently mm-hmm. featured. <laughs> Whoa. So of course that's, you know, there's like licensing issues, but you're talking about mm. it's a Marvel game. Mar- mm-hmm. Marvel and Lucasfilm are both under Disney. Yep. So that's understandable. But for the Pac-Man thing, they would have had to have got, gone to Namco Bandai and like gotten permission for that. Well, I've gotten a Pac- Pac-Man cake before and I don't think my parents went to Namco <laughs> Bandai. <laughs> then, that, so. then they're liable for a hefty fine. <laughs> so, I'm not going to turn them in myself. Yeah, all the ticket right. sales to your birthday are going to have to go right to their into their pocket. That's that's the big concern there for sure. Does this show up? Oh wait, Mariah, can we get me on a, on a one up here? This is a poster for a movie called Fur Things. That's on his wall, oh, which is like a very gremlins. it's very Gremlins. Yeah, very Gremlins. Mm-hmm. And then see. here's a poster for a movie called what's it called? The Lost Starwalker, mm. which is the oh, the last, last Starfighter. Star yeah. Cool. So there's lots of really cool details like that. Yeah, like he's a straight game. up nerd. What was that just? Oh, well, just like you know, it's Crystal Dynamics. Like the team has a really good, or not Crystal. It's the it's no uh, Idos Montreal. X, my bad. The Deus Ex team. Um. So you know ah, they have okay. a great reputation. Um. But but this game didn't show that good at E3, and people kind of didn't know what to make of it. And like it's been really awesome to see kind of the turnaround of the game win people over mm-hmm. like it's really well written yeah. and and it got good reviews and like even just the buzz that i'm seeing in my social circle and on twitter people are like yeah all right like okay like yeah, it's everyone it's, the, the game seems to be charming and really good at winning people over and i have i have a copy waiting for me in my basement so I'm excited to start it up it's a linear story-driven action game so it's it's chapter based yep. you don't have to worry about it's not a big open world map with a million things you're checking off it's just mm-hmm. like it's just like beat to beat action moments. It's good. It's very enjoyable. It, mm-hmm. It's not to the level. They're like set pieces are not to the level of, of like a naughty dog set piece, yeah. I would say. Mm-hmm. But well, but that so. linearity, like obviously people love, including me, like I love open world games too and immersing myself in it. But there's something to be said, like we don't really get that many games or it's been a few years since like we're just going to take you on an adventure like that Uncharted style, like don't worry about doing a billion things. Like we're just going to go on a fun ride. And like, yeah. that's what video games were for like five or six years. <laughs> and now the pendulum's kind of swung back the other way away from that. So I'm excited to, to play through a game like that. That's a little bit more chilled out. Yeah. It's cool it's to have a- Marvel games too. Like we know there's a Wolverine game now and there's going to be more Spider-Man games. And, and mm-hmm. I just like, think that's really neat. We wrote a, a cool article on that this week about like, the non MCU Marvel games. Uh, it's a feature on IGN and check mm-hmm. that out. I'm just excited about it. I mean, it, it's resulting in a lot of creativity clearly. Yeah. And then there's Avengers. <laughs> well, yeah, that's this like, couldn't be 
more different from Avengers. It's, it's, I, I, I immediately um, was into Guardians of the Galaxy, having a lot of fun with it. I'm only on like chapter four or five, so I got a little ways to go, but I recommend it. Uh, but Justin, I think you rode on a plane recently and you finally got around to playing Metroid, yeah? Yeah, I've been saying on the show, like, obviously I'm a huge Metroid fan and I, um, I, didn't, I didn't dislike Metroid Dread when I played it. But that game is really stressful. Like it's stressful um, uh, in its environment in the Emmy sections, but also even just controlling the game is not simple. It doesn't have a very conventional control scheme. And I can't constantly felt myself hitting the wrong L and R buttons. And so it took me being on a plane. It's like, no, no, no. Like I started the game over. I'm like, we're going to give it a real shot. We're just going to barrel through. And once you get over that initial hump of, uh, you know, what L and R and ZR and all the buttons do, um, uh, the game is excellent, um, and I'm really, really glad that I I wouldn't characterize it as giving it another chance, but like once you get into it and get in the flow of it, like the game's pace is relentless. It's giving you new items constantly, and um, like the best Metroidvania games, recontextualizing, like, oh, like I have the grapple beam now, and like just how that lights up all this stuff that you can go do that you couldn't do before, and um the thing that I'm most impressed with is that like Super Metroid is my favorite game of all time, but the shooting and action portion of that game is not incredible. Like it's all about the environmental storytelling and the traversal and Metroid dread really solves that other half of the Metroid um, puzzle of um, they, they make the shooting and the combat um, more dynamic and more interesting. Um, you have a melee counter button. You have different options. You know, you have the free 360-degree aim and um, a lot more weaponry options. And um, it does all that without sacrificing any of the any of the environmental traversal that the puzzle solving. Like, it's a really, really remarkable game. And, um, I, like, I'm really excited to start Guardians, but I'm probably... Well, maybe Sam, I'll ask you after the show. I, I get the sense that I'm like halfway through Metroid, and mm-hmm. and I, I like I just I can't wait to get down and, and go play more of it. I'm sure yeah, there's we, nothing was, more confusing than swapping between Metroid uh, and and Guardians <laughs> controls too. <laughs> yeah, Guardians but, controls are also a little bit strange. Uh, I I don't know if you agree, Tina, because you're always giving oh, yeah. commands to the members of your party, which I, it's a mechanic I like, but it's it takes a little bit of getting used to, I think. Dude, yeah, Metroid controls are no joke. Sorry, you'll use you will use all eight buttons on that controller, and that's yeah. not an exaggeration. I kind of mentioned that in my review. Like a lot of the game, like I, I talked about how that builds tension because you're like actually yep. physically have to tense up and hold like sometimes m- more than two shoulder buttons while doing other yep. things. Yeah, um, but it's only in really tense scenes. That's in like the Emmy encounters and stuff like that. It's really crazy. And then of course there's like the lock on missile stuff where it's like sometimes once you get your brain around it. Like you're you're really good at it, but it's kind of crazy when you come back to your game. You're like, whoa, yep. how was I doing that so automatically? It's not like riding a bike. Yeah, it reminds me a little bit. This is maybe a weird connection to make, but it gives me. It reminds me of the Batman Arkham games, where just mm-hmm. it made complete use of every single possible surface on a controller. Mm-hmm. And Metroid is similar, where like the face buttons are like you know dashing and dodging and jumping and shooting and melee countering. And then you have missiles on one trigger and then you have um, aiming on the other trigger. And, and like, it, it's, it's crazy. And you're trying to do all that while all learning the boss patterns. Um, uh, but it, it pulls it off and layers it all on in a really effective way. I, I think it makes the game, again, I wouldn't characterize it as a bad first impression, but it makes it a little hard to get into. 
Mm-hmm. And once you get past that, then then obviously the game's brilliance really shines. And that's through. so un-Nintendo, right? They're like so dead set on being like, oh, let's ease people into these games and like yep. make them have a seven hour tutorial in the little village ahead of your game. You know, like like stuff like that. And so like I think it's absolutely uh, welcome to have a, a variation on that formula. Yep. Yep. So Sam, you haven't started Guardians yet. Are you still playing Far Cry Six? Yeah, Tina and I played uh, more Far Cry Six co-op. Uh, played a, a couple more nights, and like, um, what the <laughs> that was unlocked most recently, I think, was flying. Uh, like, I don't know. I mean, it might have been unlocked a long time ago. I just suddenly realized <laughs> I could summon a helicopter. You can do that from the really, beginning of the game. Yeah. Yeah. From the beginning. I, yeah, yeah, I actually said at one point, like, "Oh, there's like a plane that you can summon," and you ran off to the horse, and I was like, "Oh, I guess that's just not of interest." And then you discovered well, it, and that's all hard. we do now. Yeah, yeah, there's a there's a separate yes, there's a separate helicopter and a separate plane uh, delivery system in in the game. Yeah, and the planes are difficult for me to fly, so I really do like the helicopters. So I've been uh, we were going up really high, like really, which I think is really cool. The game doesn't break, which is awesome. And then we would parachute out onto mm. the missions. Mm-hmm. Which is like kind of like if that works out, it kind of like helps yourself a little bit because you like end up on the roof and then <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's a little bit of tagging I was doing on the way down too, which is mm-hmm. like pretty badass feeling when that was happening. It's just difficult with the zoom, but yeah, not exactly super <laughs> stealthy when like the anti um what are the the yep. turrets, the anti aircraft turrets are like mm-hmm. sending us a signal like you better turn around or we're gonna shoot you down because that's what we always get into. <laughs> yeah, although we destroyed a lot of the air cannons. That's what I say. Yeah, yeah, yeah I take bet those out. Skies to be clear. Yeah. Um. I, I do like when you ditch your ride in the air and, you know, like obviously like the, the parachuting and scroll shooting stuff is really cool. But um, the, the helicopter or plane, whatever, just like you just see it just like slowly lose speed and like plummet down to earth in the distance. And it's just yeah. the greatest thing. Yeah, that's always fun. Good sandbox. This episode of Game Scoop is brought to you by NordVPN. As Scoop Nation knows, your Omega Cops have been a little obsessed with a movie called Weekend at Bernie's lately. But as happens too often these days, it is difficult to find it streaming here in the U.S. That's where NordVPN comes in. With NordVPN, you can switch your virtual location to a more enlightened region where they appreciate the comic delights of Weekend at Bernie's. And it's not just for streaming movies and shows. Switching your virtual location can allow you to save money by purchasing flights, hotels, and subscriptions from other countries at a cheaper price. And you can do all this worry-free as NordVPN threat protection features protect you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. Best of all, NordVPN costs the price of a cup of coffee a month, and one account can be used on up to six devices. To get the best discount on your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com gamescoop. Our link will also give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nordvpn.com gamescoop. One in five Americans has learned a new language on their bucket list, or life backlog, if you will. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Upgrade your personal skill set in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Its tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. I have a trip to Mexico coming up, so I've been using Babbel to brush up on my Spanish. The courses are short and sweet, so I can do one whenever I have a few minutes to spare. And the words and phrases it teaches you are designed for practical, real-world use, like ordering at a restaurant or asking for directions. Babbel can even provide you feedback on your pronunciation with its speech recognition tech. 
And it's not just for Spanish. Babbel includes 14 different language courses, each backed by a 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for Scoop Nation. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, only for our listeners, at babbel.com slash gamescoop. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash gamescoop, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash gamescoop. Rules and restrictions may apply. Um, yeah, I was playing, I think I mentioned Far Cry 6, or last week I played a lot of Far Cry 6, but started to get bored with it. So in between that and Guardians, I went back to Circle of the Moon in the Castlevania Advanced Collection, mm-hmm. but I, I uncovered about half the map and I was feeling like, eh, this isn't really doing it for me. Let me let me try Harmony of Dissonance, which is the next one. And I know a lot of people were saying, like Justin included, that Circle yep. of the Moon's like the bad one. In my mind, I hadn't played any of these games since they were released and they were all equal. But as soon as no, I started playing Harmony of Dissonance, I was like, whoa, this is so much better. Yeah, that's what that yeah. was the that's the giant takeaway for me is like I lump all three of those games together. And I realize now that I'm always picturing Aria of Sorrow when I'm picturing these Castlevania games. Yeah. C- Circle of the Moon is not a bad video game at all, but it is yeah. it's aggressively like a you know seven out of 10 like the traversal feels so much better in harmony and there's just there's so much more like clever things happening in the environment having to like knock down platforms in order to get to higher areas it's a lot more interactive circle it's like a lot closer to symphony of the night to be honest but yeah it does one really annoying thing when you level up it does not replenish your health and that led me to (laughs) post a poll on uh, Twitter in the Facebook group of the week. And overwhelmingly, everyone agreed to me that in a video game, when you level up, you should replenish your health. Yeah, 100%. I don't know what developers are doing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, come on. Or when you get a, like a, a just a, a healing or a life expansion. If you get a life expansion, yeah. that should fill up your life to your new expansion level. Yeah. Otherwise, it feels so bad because otherwise now you're just missing health. <laughs> it's like, give me a break. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um. Anyway, that's a good game. I don't know <laughs> if I'll get to play more before uh, Halloween. We'll see. Today's episode is sponsored by Demon Slayer Kimetsu no Yaiba The Hinokami Chronicles. Become the blade that destroys demons. Demon Slayer Kimetsu no Yaiba The Hinokami Chronicles is available now on PS5, PS4, Xbox, and Steam. Relive some of the memorable moments and thrilling battles from the Demon Slayer Kimetsu no Yaiba anime Tanjiro Kamado, Unwavering Resolve arc, and Mugen Train arc in Adventure Mode, and experience a multitude of skills across a wide array of characters in Versus Mode. Demon Slayer Kimetsu no Yaiba The Hinokami Chronicles available now on PS5, PS4, Xbox, and Steam. Visit bit.ly slash DSHC Scoop for more info. That's bit.ly slash DSHC Scoop. Uh, in the news this week, on the eve of the PS5's first anniversary, Sony has announced it has sold now 13.4 million units in one year, uh, in a year of unprecedented demand and uh, during a pandemic. And of course, everybody knows what that means. The PS5 has now outsold the Sega Master System. <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting. Big moment. Congratulations. It's really, it's really interesting. I don't think, uh, so 12 million of those systems are with the scalpers then. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'd be curious to see if they had unlimited supply, what that number would be. Right, right. I would, and I, 
I'm guessing four times the amount minimum. <laughs> it could be. I mean, the, the demand is, is so high. And then you got to wonder, like, is the demand high because the supply is so bad? Well, not that bad, right? Like, I'm sure I'm sure they'd have double, triple, quadruple by now. Well, yeah. what's interesting is you can see demand for a console um, based off the secondhand prices. As the secondhand prices drop and drop and drop and get closer and closer and closer to like right. the MSRP of the console. And then eventually, once the secondhand prices are 500 bucks, then there is mm-hmm. no more scalping market left. And like we were seeing that with the PS5 and Xbox, like they were getting cheaper and cheaper and cheaper to buy. But now with the holiday season, they're creeping back mm-hmm. up again. Um, really? Cause demand because demand goes back up right? because demand goes back up. Yep. What did they get down to, and what do you think they'll go? What what have they come from? I mean, I guess they were like a thousand when they were. When I'm right? mm-hmm. I'm speaking from memory, so nobody in the comments be mean. I, the Xbox got down to like six hundred and fifty bucks, like it got pretty close, mm-hmm. and then the PS5 was always more. I think they got down to like seven fifty, and now they're creeping okay. back up to. So you're basically paying Thanks. like shipping to Europe on top of your price for an Xbox. <laughs> Well, I'm still waiting for that. Um, congra- I'm still waiting for the to see that congratulatory tweet from Sega to PlayStation. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. Uh, next on uh, the PS5 hit list, I, it's like twenty thousand units away from the Wii U. Wow! From from outselling the Wii U. Okay, it's not that much. Any, any day now, mm-hmm. it's going to outsell the Wii U. Um, it's Sam. Do you know what's out? Uh, today on the Switch. I do not know what's out today on the Switch. Zombie Nation. Oh, wow. That's yeah. really incredible. By Melmac. Melmac. Out of nowhere, this completely obscure NES game, Zombie Nation, was released on Switch today. It, it's really rare, and it's very good. You're a disembodied zombie samurai head, decapitated head, yeah. and you are floating in a shooter... And you have magical attacks, and then there's like giant buildings that you, uh, uh, with little tiny people running around, rampage style too. It's just kind of a cool twist on it. But it's just a absolutely insane game to yeah. have to come out on the NES, and it came out like really late. Now it's out on it's Switch. By one person. Yeah, that's really cool. It's crazy. What is it? I, I highly recommend that. What does it cost? Uh, on Switch? Yeah. I don't have that. I don't have that data in front of me. It's nobody, not just a subscription. Knows. It's not on Nintendo. No, it's, it's a se- separate release. It's packaged Super. with the Famicom original. So you get the mm-hmm. two versions. It's crazy. Also, Sky Kid is out this week. No, but you fly to the left and that's pretty unusual. Weird. Anyway, it's really unusual. <laughs> jarring. Uh, we did find out this week that Death Store is coming to uh, PlayStation and Switch in November. And uh, I, I, many people corrected me a few episodes ago when I said Death Store is out on Switch now. It was Death's Gambit that I was thinking of at that time. <laughs> Death's Gambit came to Switch, so yes, sorry about oh. that. But now we do know that Death's Door is coming to Switch next month, so don't have to wait too much longer for that. Oh yeah, cool, fun game. I really liked it. I got through most of it, and uh, I would like to beat it at some point. But stepped away. It's really fun. Really kind of scary uh, bosses in that game. From a design standpoint and from a time. You just reminded me um, that I was so busy shouting out how good Metroid is. I'm also playing this game called Dodgeball Academia. That's really good. Uh, it's on Game Pass. I think it's out on like every console. It's like a dodgeball RPG. Cool. Sure. Well, it's like a dodgeball RPG. Yeah. So is it a, is it like a Kunio Kun game? 
Yes. Like Super Dodgeball, River City, Ransom. Yeah, yeah. It's slightly more RPG y than that. You have like special moves and stuff, but it is action. Like it's not turn based or anything like that. Like you're running around playing dodgeball. Mm-hmm. So, so I just yeah. want to point out that dodgeball is a shitty game and uh, kids should not be made to play it. Well, but digital dodgeball is super it's fun. It's really fun. You can yeah, light, I love you, super dodgeball. You can but light, real life you, dodgeball is mean, and those little red balls suck. Actually, a really weird thing happened. I was out front of my house uh, just a couple weeks ago, and um, I uh, there was one of those like dodgeballs, just like perfect, like a red inflated mm-hmm. dodgeball, just wedged in the uh, the tire of my car, like 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 under, like I like I parked on it, and a, uh, I, I kicked it so far. <laughs> <laughs> and then it got good. wedged under another car it's in the bay it's now probably just yeah exactly probably just rolled back to my car at the bottom of the hill let's check in with the listeners hey listeners yep listeners remember you can always reach us at the email address gamescoop at ign.com just like steven in stony creek ontario did steven says speaking of metroid I've always wondered why the genre Metroidvania was coined. As far as I know, Metroid was the original game to bring that gameplay style to life. Am I mistaken? Were there gameplay mechanics that Castlevania brought to the genre before Metroid did? What would the Omega Cops call this genre if the game titles Metroid and Castlevania could not be used to describe it? It was, a, yeah. it was Jeremy Parrish that coined Metroidvania, right? <laughs> No, he so just popularized it. He, he says he popularized it. it. Yeah, he He's says Scott he learned Sharky. it from Scott Sharkey at One Up. And these right? these are One Up editors, by the mm. way, from OneUp.com. Um, but then and, I don't. Uh, yeah, yeah. Jeremy runs uh, Metroidvania.com now and curates a, a big list of Metroidvanias. Yeah, but um, I think just in the wake of Super Metroid and Symphony of the Night. Like those are just the two I, sort of pillars that. Well, the, but it's a good question. Like you know, they're roguelikes named after rogue, right? So why yeah. aren't they Metroid likes? Like why yeah. did it's a frequent complaint of like why did Castlevania get elevated and promoted into like co-owner of this game genre? <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, if you if you take it back, like Metroid is you know a, a pretty cool uh, non-linear action adventure game, right? That would mm-hmm. be like the boring thing to call it. And um, it was just a Zelda in 2D uh, side-scrolling, right? Because like, Zelda it. existed already, and Nintendo like totally was going for that same exploration-based game. game scroller. They already had a top-down one. Like that's the most fundamental way to break down these games. And then Simon's Quest came out. This is the second Castlevania game. Pretty soon after Metroid, you know, it was inspired by it. It was non-linear in some way. It don't, Mainly, like you could go anywhere in that game. It's just super confusing, and it's not like linked together in a great way. Um, but I know that Symphony of the Night, much much later, after there had been multiple Metroids, including a Super Nintendo and Game Boy one, uh, you know, looked to that. But they also knew that Castlevania was two D, and like I'm pretty sure that Igarashi has also cited Zelda. So like all yes. these games are basically two D Zelda likes, right? That's the like, whole thing. That's right? what they are. If you think of the original this? Legend of Zelda, you can explore the world, but you'll run into sort of roadblocks that you can't pass until you return with an item or, or a, a spell or something. And that's a flute it, or a raft. It's just take it. That's top down. And then Metroid and Symphony of Night just make that 2D. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But that yeah, side scrolling. And so did Zelda, too. So it's like there's just all kinds of games that, that were doing this. And, you know, I think what really happened is that a bunch of people that only played PlayStation games played mm. uh, Castle of the Night because that was a 
popular system for teenagers and adults, whereas Nintendo had a bad rap as a kid system. And we're like, well, I want to play more games like Castlevania. So that's why it's the influence there. Yeah, as, as far as I understand, it's mostly about popularization. Like even Super Metroid is not the the game to coin that kind of progress that like kind of nonlinear progression. It's just the game that popularized it. And then there's yeah, certainly like Zelda influences in Castlevania, but it wasn't necessarily the first Castlevania to be the one that mm-hmm. became the what was synonymous with Metroidvania. It's particularly Symphony of the Night because of the way that it has got more of those RPG elements. So it's like a specific marriage, but also the specific titles that popularized it and therefore how it got picked up. But it's not necessarily the most accurate, historically speaking. Yeah. You know, Castlevania added elements, too. Like, I don't like it's not just about the kind of gated off areas and exploration. Like one thing that that Castlevania added that a bunch of now what we, you know, Metroid likes and Castlevania likes and, and Metroidvanias have are, is like RPG stuff. It has RPG like uh, drops, loot mm-hmm. drops, for example. Uh, Metroid's never had that. It's always had just energy and re- replenishing your missiles. And then it has uh, numbers when you hit an enemy. It has like all kinds of stats and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And so like that's that's all there too. But you know what else had that? Is Zelda 2. <laughs> but there's pretty material difference. Like obviously the non-linearity and semi-open nature and lock and key system of Zelda, like yeah, translates mm-hmm. to Metroid and Zelda, but like or, uh, Metroid and, and Castlevania, but like the 2d side scrolling, is like a critical, like, it, you know, the platforming gameplay mm-hmm. is like a really critical component of like any Metroidvania in my opinion. And you saw retro even try to attempt to translate it to 3d with like the actual 3d first person platforming, which I don't know has been really attempted too much since then. Um, yeah, you don't jump a lot in first person to, to, uh, in terms of jumping puzzles and stuff, right? It's no. like get to this other roof and kill more things. So that's, that's like, I think, a critical, like, it has to be traversal and exploration from a, from a side-scrolling perspective to, to qualify, in my opinion. Yeah, um, Fuse Island Express did that really well, because you're a little pinball dung beetle. <laughs> there's a there's a movement by the way damon to rename this genre search action search action have you seen this i haven't seen this oh my not castleroid no no this is a terrible today. name no to try to try to remove to try to make it game agnostic <laughs> there's, there's actually a movement to rename roguelikes to a uh, procedural death labyrinth well, that sounds kind of cool as like a yeah, I like that descriptive one. that name. one's a good yeah. one. Well, so are you just making up these movements? No, this no. is the Justin started movement. <laughs> no, well, actually, there's a movement to call them Link likes because of Adventure <laughs> of Link, and they all go back to Zelda too. No, this is a it's real a thing. Movement. Metroidvanias are are called search action games in Japan, and now that's made its way over huh. to English as an attempt to make it not tied to a specific game and a, a made up term that makes no sense. Mm-hmm. But do they have like a cool shortening of that, like search act or something? Oh, I don't know. We'd have to yeah. call Jerry Shetty <laughs> to find out. Jockway. Aren't all words mm-hmm. made up terms? They are. That's pretty far out, mm-hmm. you know. It's true. <laughs> uh, well, it is a good, uh, valid question, Stephen in Stony Creek, Ontario. Uh, is any? Am I the only one that's still playing Zookeeper World? Oh no. What? We've I'm right there with you're you. still going. Still going. Still I'm, going I'm at wow. level 200. I've, I've long uh, past finished this game. Uh, now I'm just okay. going for the stars for every level. Okay. Yeah. I put well, it speaking down, of I mean, stars, Adam has a question it. about that. It says, I've been playing Zookeeper World for the last couple of weeks on your strong recommendation. And I'm loving it. Uh, my only issue so far has to do with getting the star in each level. Mm-hmm. I have no mm-hmm. idea what the criteria are for getting it. 
I have a few levels that I've tried over and over again, even with the unlimited pineapple bomb over the weekend, and I cannot get it. And I, I actually don't know exactly how what oh. what qualifies it either. Oh, I got if you, you figured it out, Tina, I got you. Okay, okay. so I'm I'm about to go real deep into this. So first okay. off, right, we're gonna clip this out for the walkthroughs channel. So no problem. Um, Let's get some good B roll. We so also yes. could not find any official video for this game, by the way. That's why yeah. we're looking at we're only looking at stills. Um, so yeah, it's it's all about accruing the most of your score, the most points. And then if you look at the bottom right corner, uh, when you're playing on a particular level, like here, it's the pink bunny. So if the more that you do combos of the pink bunny, the more score, uh, the more value points each of those gets. So you really want to focus on those. But obviously, you also have to play the objective and play the field uh, to be able to clear paths. So every level is going to be a little bit different. And this one that we're looking at, there's a bunch of boxes. So you want to focus on getting rid of that because it gives more of your field an opportunity to create combos and more importantly to create fruits so like that little Mm -hmm. bunny combo you should be able to make a pineapple out of that one on the left over there um uh so yes you you have like the objective of the actual level then you have the objective of the bonus animal which uh is different per level and then you have the objective of creating as many fruits as you can uh, as well as doing as many moves as you can to uh, to remove like two sets of animal rows and you get a yeah. lot of good training on the boss rounds actually because they'll do things like uh you know only swipe one uh you, you only have one swipe to be able to clear the entire field it was another right. screenshot that was in here actually with like a very small amount of these animals um i'll, I'll see if we get to it uh, but it's one of the boss levels and it's good training for this one. So it's good training yeah. for knowing how to like do one move that'll clear out several different rows. Um, and then when in doubt, you've got to clear the bottom of the field because it gives more possibility for the top of the field as things sure. move down for things to just automatically without you wasting one of your moves for things to, uh, to kind of, um, to gra- uh, grab up those points. And then towards the end, as you're, going as you're coming down on how many moves you have left i leave as many i create as many fruits and leave as many fruits on the board as you can because mm-hmm. once you clear the level it right. all of those still count uh once and they, they 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 explode right yeah exactly yes. and then that'll accrue a score for you as well but your score isn't transparent is it's it? not yeah right. you just so, gotta so like do the things the that you yeah it yeah but the you bar. don't it's not like you can't quali- quantify it right like There's i no have hit points. 300 points right now yeah. and yeah, yeah. You know how many moves you have. You see the star as it's oh. filling up, and then you know the things that are going to get you more points over the other. Got it. So those the, are all my the bonus. Tips. Bonus animal is a good tip. I, I, I didn't know that actually, and I played all 250 <laughs> levels of that game. Oh yeah. I think you touched on this earlier, Tina, but I would really underscore like you seem to get a lot of points when you pop the most stuff you can in one move. Yep, absolutely. And then the bonus so, animal is it fills your star meter, so you yep. get a star to be able to remove more stuff off the plate yeah all right so there you have it Those that's an tricks. easy uh clip out point i think that for was our, really well done our Thank zookeeper you. world wiki <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah if i'm gonna be an sure expert in anything it's apparently going to be this one hell yeah this game is totally under the radar there's no mm-hmm. like i said there's no official like trailer for it or anything it's awesome but nice. it's great puzzle game of the year Real quick, before we get to 20 questions, we're going to go back into the time machine. I get emails every day from Scoop Nation, and I don't just delete them unless I I use them or I decided it's it's like a question we've already had or whatever. So I have emails going back years and years and years. And here's here's an email that we got in October of 2019. 
Okay. From Andrew Dean. Spooky year. Yeah, he says, I have a question regarding the uh, Nintendo and Super Nintendo online services for the Switch. So I guess these had launched at that point, October 2019. Since the SNES online launched in September, there haven't been any new additions to either service's libraries. Do you think that this is a bad sign? It seems like every week or two, new games were being added to the NES online, but then it all stopped. Is something nefarious afoot? Of course, yeah. now, two years later, yeah, yeah, there's been very, very <laughs> few Seriously. releases, questionable releases at best mm-hmm. many times, mm-hmm. completely random old games that are not Although what a lot we did know is that for. probably not what we'd be complaining about in 2020 uh, as, you know, the focus of our attention. Things yeah. things are pretty nice in 2019 for that That's to true. be the focus of, of all of our concerns. Well, sure. Yeah, sure. Uh, and then, of course, today, um, the N64 games have launched, but with a bunch of problems of their own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, have more it, of these grab bags? I, no, I just got that one. I just got that one. I mean, yeah, so, okay. So all the other old emails are terrible. <laughs> I haven't looked at them all yet. Okay. <laughs> the backlog is six years bit long. Yeah. Um, has, yeah. Have, has anyone tried out the N64 games yet? No. No. I no. talked to Mark Medina a lot about Mario, mm-hmm. and he was saying that like people don't even play. Like if you if you, the official one to play is the Wii emulated Mario sixty four, mm. and that one is uh, really um, good uh, in terms of uh, lag time, and that really matters for speedrunners. Um, and apparently, like they just have not been using good emulation slash uh, ROM images since then. And uh, same goes for this one for sixty four. Now, of course, if you go anywhere on the internet, you're going to see a bunch of people making fun of the other games too. Like uh, they took the fog out in Zelda: Ocarina of Time, which <laughs> is strange because it's used for effect in some really great parts mm-hmm. of that game. But it was also a you know used as a way to cover up draw distance air mm-hmm. issues in yeah. the game. So I think that was a little bit of a blanket fix that didn't work. It just seems a little bit thoughtless on Nintendo's part. I'm surprised. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always so skeptical. It's hard for me. You have to judge it for yourself because on the one hand, like you want the feedback from experts that like really know. And they're like, look, no, like they messed up these N64 games and here's why. But then also those people can sometimes be, and I say this with love, but they can be maniacs, right? And like, <laughs> yeah, if they you can were, be overly critical about yeah. it. If you're just going to go back and experience a game you love, this might be yeah. adequate, but I can't tell you that right now. Yeah, exactly. And like, I, I experienced that firsthand with Super Monkey Ball Banana Mania, where like, if you listen to the discourse on that game, it's completely broken and unplayable because they changed how the camera oh, moves. Oh, really? And like, the monkey movement's not exactly the same. And I loved the original Monkey Ball. And I love Banana Mania for like yeah. 99% of people. Like it's completely great. But then, but again, until you experience it for yourself, it's hard to know, like, do mm-hmm. these N64 games feel busted or do, or is it, you know, is it the internet being the internet? Um, mm-hmm. It's tough. I've watched some video capture of these games that looks really good. I mean, mm-hmm. even the, the reel that we're watching right now, it's like, okay, like this is a really, you know, th- these 64 games look good in my mind because I've also played them in uh other ways recently and they're not they don't look great um in, in, in nintendo's own provided ways although we you know at least a year and a half ago now would play uh some of these 64 games in the office and like on a little crt screen they look so good yeah like they're so meant for that to be crushed down and rounded out and blurred a little bit like nintendo 64 looks really good in that way so they're never going to look great on a you know a, a wide uh switch led screen that's just that's not where emulation is right now. Paper Mario looks good, though. Nice 2D cartoony game. Um, well, Andrew, Andrew Dean, 
hopefully uh, better late than never. Two years. He's every 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 week he's been tuning in. Maybe this is the week they're going to answer my question. Better late than never. Signed, Damon and Nintendo. Yeah, yeah. But now no, you've yeah. given other people that wrote in four years ago hope. I mean, yeah, yeah. don't lose hope. I have you your just emails. reply to their email. They're just in my inbox. You want to see? It? You want to know how many are in my um, GameScoop inbox right now? Four thousand. Yeah, I'm, I'm bumping this from uh, 2011. Wondering if you can have a take on. Uh, Black, I guess too. I also 2011. Forwarded. It would have been six years old at that point. Yeah, because he's bumping it a second time. Okay. Anything that I didn't use and I received, I've also forwarded to Damon. That's true. Four, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Four thousand five hundred and two emails in my GameScoop folder. What's wow. the oldest okay. one? Oh man, is there an easy way to just get to the end? Yeah, right. sort by date the other way. Uh, I don't know. I'm not going to take the time to do that right now. <laughs> you don't. It's one button click. There's not, it's not, no, it's not it's one button Do you have an email? The moment is passed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That brings us to video game 20 right, questions. Let me, let me uh, assume my, my, dis- my disguise. Mm. Ugh. Okay. Now I can't read Damon's facial expressions. That's, that's a good point. Oh, that's really good. That was the problem with, uh, with uh, Squid Game oh, as well. So yeah. Never read their facial expressions. Okay, our suggestion this week comes from Nick. Let the questioning begin. Are we going to die if we don't get this right? Um, Is this a zombie-like is what I'm going with? It is a zombie-like? Yeah, like are there zombies or zombie-like characters? And this is also a play on Metroidvania. No. Okay. But it must be something spooky. It's definitely going to be something spooky. Is this game something spooky? No, don't waste it. Ah, Justin. (laughs) Well, like, what if it wasn't? It's of course going to be. This is our Halloween episode. (laughs) But it's not zombies. And it's Halloween month. Yeah, but there's vampires, ghouls, ghosts, What's the difference between a ghoul and a ghost? (laughs) I don't know. um, Are there supernatural elements to this game? Yes. So it's not just going to be like a slasher. Uh, are there vampires in this game? No. What about ghosties? One. Are there ghosts? Ghosties. Ghosties. Are there ghosts? Yes, that's fine. Oh, cool. no, I want you to say right. go- I want you to say ghosties, please. Please repeat <laughs> the question back to us how it was given. Um, wait, was the answer yes? What's yes. the difference between ghosties and ghoulies? Let's move on. You gra- grabbed by the ghoulies. Uh, there was a kids show and a pop punk band called the Groovy Ghoulies. Okay, is this on current gen consoles? No. Um, is it part of a series? Yes. I think it's probably Ghosts and Goblins. Um, is it from before 2000? Yes. Is it from before 1990? Yes. Are there goblins in it? No. That's mm. Are there goblins in Ghosts and Goblins? <laughs> so, Maybe. Ghost, 90s Ghost <laughs> Game? There's zombies in Ghosts and Goblins, so it's not that's but, a good point. Okay, so it's a 90s Ghost Game is where we've arrived at? 80s. 80s. 80s ghost game. 
It's Pac-Man. Are there... Hmm. Was this game... Did this appear in the arcade? That's what I was going to ask. No. Is it on the NES? Yes. NES Ghost Game. Is it based on a license? Yes. Maybe it's Ghostbusters. Maybe Ghostbusters. Um, uh, I mean, it's based off a license and it has ghosts. Can't I mean, there, <laughs> it can't, I there can't be that many. Yeah, there could be. I, I can't think of any. Um, do you do you bust these ghosts? Yes. Is it <laughs> Ghostbusters? Yes. Nice. Because it could have been Ghostbusters too. Oh. That would have screwed us. Oof. Famously Oof. terrible game. It is Ghostbusters on NES, famously terrible, published by Activision. Yeah. Uh, it was a port of a Commodore 64 game, and the port was handled by a Japanese developer called Bits Laboratory. Huh. And, so this uh, developer does have an E3 press conference. Mm, or well, no, they don't. Activision doesn't. Oh, no, yeah, yeah they don't. That's right. And uh, famously, when you beat the game, you receive the message, Congratulations, you have completed a great game and Aww. proved the justice of our culture. Now go and rest our heroes. <laughs> um, I was so disappointed to rent this game from yeah. High V in uh, Iowa City when I was a kid. It includes an 8 bit version of the Ghostbusters theme, but that is the only music in the game. Over and over loops. and over again. Wow, yeah. just, I forgot about that. It's just the yeah. one, it's oh, like a 10 seconds of music looping for the entire game. Yeah, bubble bobble style. That's the real I don't really part. understand. Like, I still don't understand that map part. Like, this part's really confusing when you're driving to the scene because it's only about collecting gas, which I don't. And then you run it, it's sort of happening right now. Yeah. Like, I think they run out, ran out of gas right there. <laughs> None of it's it so strange. It's all about making money, but you also have to spend money on your resources. And then if you run out of money, the game's over. I mean, this is an Atari game. Like, look, well, look it's just like, yeah. you know, it was ported like, to like, the, either the 2600 or the 7800. <laughs> yeah, it's like barely using any any part of the NES's power. Or <laughs> It looks so bad. But I think the, I like the, the Famicom ending even more because there's a bug that when you beat the game, it doesn't trigger the message oh. it's just a blank screen and then there are two japanese characters that um float up the screen that just say nonsense they say riri <laughs> really <laughs> so you can't beat the game no you can't you beat it but yeah, the message you get just says riri riri <laughs> wow <laughs> oh i love it so much <laughs> and they're like ship it yep well yeah no one's gonna Oof. get to the end of this thing no one's gonna beat it no, unfortunately, we'll be Bits long gone. Already won. Oh, yeah. We'll be long gone. We'll be out of here by the time the kids figure it out. <laughs> yep. Bits Lab. We'll have our probably fifty bucks too. Uh, but great job, nicely job. Thank you for the suggestion, uh, Nick. Was that yours? under ten for us? No, that was thirteen, fourteen. Mm-hmm. Down there, lucky thirteen, fourteen. That will about do it for another edition of Game Spook. Um, I know we've had better costumes in the past. Apologies <laughs> for that, but we'll when our co- when our Squid Game costumes come in, we'll just wear them anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fun. Um, well, maybe we'll be together for next game spook. Maybe we will be together. We can hope. Uh, if you have your remember, you can always reach us at the email address gamescoop <laughs> at <IGN.com. laughs> I don't know if game spook also works or not. 
Sometimes there's some. But you got like Omega make Cops it. and a few other. Yeah, ones, yeah, right? we have Omega Cops at IGN works as well, I believe. Uh, thank you to Sam, Tina, and Justin. Thank you to Mariah oh. working behind the scenes and making all the spooky action possible. My name is Damon, and congratulations, you have completed a great <laughs> podcast and proved the justice of our culture. Now go and rest our heroes, Riri. Riri. <laughs> there this is justin bartha i made a funny new podcast king of the egg cream it has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like lewis black i'm torn by my feelings for two women bobby cannavale you can eat it or if someone hits you you can put it on your cut melanie linsky i wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet jason ritter i can break things and pick locks and kill people michael stuhlbarg the whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better ari grainer no don't whet its appetite what are you an idiot me justin bartha that's not just any egg cream that's a lemke's special and all narrated by the hilarious richard kind this is the story of harry dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.